just fell to my heart right before um, Pastor Williams goes back to Belize. He will be going back on the 4th, right, Brother 4th? December the 4th, he has been visiting for a few months. Uh, his uh, two children here, uh, Marsha and Melissa, and has been here for a number of months. He ministered to us at the end of August, and we were so blessed by his ministry and blessed by what the Lord did through him. And uh, I just felt like I wanted to have him just preach, uh, let him loose one more time before he heads back to... The, you're heading back right at the right time, by the way, brother, because it's just it's getting cold. He's going back to that fine, fine weather in Belize. He's not going to have to put up with parkas and jackets and and all of that. And for that, I envy you. Um, but uh, he's going to come right now and just minister the word of the Lord. I want you to open your heart and let's welcome him back one more time to praise Tabernacles pulpit today. Amen. Praise the Lord. I don't hear you. Come on, are you happy this morning? Are you glad that you are still alive? Praise the Lord. There is so much to thank God for, amen? And I truly, indeed, from the bottom of my heart, thank God for being here in Chicago at Praise Tabernacle. I must say that I'm going back a different person. I'm fired up. I'm all excited. I'm ready to say, Lord, lead the way. Where you lead me, I will follow. I'm looking forward and anticipating for a wonderful 2011. You see, I have, I have taken a survey of 2010. Now I'm not satisfied. God not satisfied either. Amen? Amen. So I got to do better 2011. And this is what it's all about. Pressing on the upward way. Yes. Yes. The devil would want us to be at the same level in our Christian life until we die. But God wants us to draw closer to him. God wants us to be on fire for him. Amen? God wants for the people who we come in contact with that their lives will be affected by us. Just our very shadow will do miracle. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. We read that in the book of Acts. Amen? Yeah. 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 I want to thank the Lord for this morning. I want to thank him for his power, his presence, his anointing. Yeah. We are two or three are gathered together. God is in the midst, amen? amen? And he's about to anoint this morning. He's about to heal this morning. He's about to pour out his spirit upon us this morning. So get ready, amen? Get ready. You are in the presence of Almighty God who is about to turn loose some power this morning. The last time I, 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 I preach here, I talk about absolute surrender. This morning, I'm going to preach about what it means to surrender. The message I preached was a two-part message. 
And I thank God I got the opportunity to preach the other part. <laughs> but I'd like you to turn with me to Luke and chapter 5. Luke and chapter 5. A very well-known passage of scripture to us. I will read from verse 1 to verse 5. It says, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genezareth and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would trust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had finished speaking, he said, Simon, said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Powerful words. Thank God for Brother Peter. Amen? Amen. I don't hear you. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Thank God for Brother Peter. Yeah. We can learn so much from Peter. You know, I believe that right now, people are getting tired of probably the Christian life or the life they are living. I believe that right now, there are people that are planning on giving up. I believe that there are people who are washing their nets right now and saying it's over. You know, I believe that right now, the devil have deceived us into believing that this is it. But let me tell you something. We serve a living God. Amen? Amen. God's not dead. He is alive. Amen? Amen? And you know I have a problem with the way some, some people sing that song, Pastor. God's not dead. He is alive. <laughs> it sounds like... <laughs> it, it doesn't sound correct. God's not dead. He is alive. God's not dead. He is alive. God's not dead. He is alive. I can feel him in my hand. Feel him in my feet. Feel him in my heart. Boom, boom, boom. Feel him in my soul. Woo! God's not dead. And this is no time to wash our nets. And this is no time to park our ship. Our boat. This is time to listen to what God has to say. Amen? I look at Peter and I think about what it is to surrender. Shouldn't I have a desire to do what Peter did? I want to tell you this morning that surrender 
is best demonstrated in our obedience. Amen? Amen. Surrendering is best demonstrated by our obedience. So many times we are disobeying what God is saying to us. So many times we hear it so clearly. Maybe God has given us a word by ourselves individually. Maybe he's giving us a word by the written word. Maybe he's giving us a word by somebody who preached a word to us. Or somebody who talked to us, who counseled us. But are we very obedient to what God is saying to us? Or maybe we are not listening. Hello? Maybe we are not listening. Maybe God wants to get our attention. Maybe we need to get away from here. Go in a quiet corner and spend some time meditating and praying and calling upon God and listening to what he has to say. I love what Joel said. He said in the last days, God is going to pour out his spirit. Are you ready for God to pour out his spirit upon you? Are you ready to hear the prophecy? Are you ready to hear what God has to say to you today? If you're not hearing, it's not God's problem. God keeps speaking, but we don't listen. We are too busy. We are too busy for our own self. We become selfish Christians. Amen? We need to get out of that. Amen? Because surrendering is best demonstrated when you become obedient to the word of God. Whether you hear it from him, whether you hear it from somebody else, whether you read it, or wherever, you need to be obedient to the, to, to, to the word of God. Amen? I realize that it is one thing to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Or it is one thing to receive Jesus as Savior. But it's quite another thing to receive Jesus as Lord of your life. Amen? I'd like to use the word boss, but I say Lord. You know, Jesus is Lord, amen? Jesus is the boss, amen? And when he says something, you do it, amen? At your workplace, you have somebody you refer to as a boss, right? What he tells you to do, do you do it? Well, you don't do it and see what will happen. (laughs) But you see, when it comes to God, God is instructing us. And we are disobeying him. Thank God he's not the kind of God that have a a, a, a club over our head ready to lash us whenever we disobey him. He's a loving God. He extends his grace, his love, and his mercy towards us. That even when we fail, his love never changes. Surrendered people obey God's word even if it doesn't make sense. Are you getting it? Surrendered people obey God's word even if it doesn't make sense. Look at what happened with Peter. Peter says, Jesus, I toiled all night. I was fishing all night. Jesus, do you know who I am? I am a fisherman. I burn a fisherman and I will die a fisherman. I am an expert in fishing. And I've been fishing all night and caught nothing. I know when fish is around. You see, for Peter, 
It didn't really make sense. Does it make sense for you today? What God is saying to you, does it make sense? God is saying to you, put away this, put away that, do this, do that. Does it make sense for you? How do you view what you are hearing from God? What you are hearing from the pulpit? What you are hearing from the written word of God? What, how do you react to it? Peter said, he says, Master, we toiled all the night and have taken nothing. My life looked like a waste of time. When I reflect on my Christian life, it seems like I was wasting time. But nevertheless, if you say it, we're going to let down the net. Nevertheless, if you say that I must continue, I will continue. It might not make sense to me, but I will continue. You see, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Nor can your mind understand the things that God has in store for you. Maybe you are giving up right at the point of a miracle. Maybe you are giving up right at the point of victory. Don't give up. Don't give in. Your miracle is right ahead of you. Your miraculous healing, sister, is right around the corner. Sir, your job is right around the corner. That finance that you need so bad, it's right around the corner. God is watching out for you. And he will not let you down. But he wants you to continue. You see, sometimes God intervenes right at the breaking point of our life. When we want to give up. These guys... They gave up. They were washing nets. They were putting both aside. But Jesus came on the scene. And when Jesus is on the scene, Jesus is about to do some miracles in your life. Tell yourself that Jesus is on the scene of your life. And he is about to do something wonderful in your life. Don't give up. Don't give in. I look at Abraham. Abraham was a very obedient guy. Amen? Amen? We need to learn from Abraham. We need to learn from Peter. I want to mention two incidents with Abraham. At one point, God told Abraham, he said, I want you to go and offer up your son as a sacrifice unto me. God knew that was the only son he had. Amen? But God knows what he's doing. Do not question God when God is asking you to do something. God knows what he's doing. He says, I want you to offer your son as a sacrifice. I thank God Abraham did not hesitate. He did not delay. He did not try to question what God is doing. Too many times we sit back and we question what God is doing in our life. Why me, God? Why it takes so long? Why haven't you come through yet, God? 
We question God. God's timing is not our timing. And he never goes wrong. If he allows you to go through a certain circumstance, he knows why. And I thank God that circumstances below our faith. Amen? I thank God that the bigger your problem, the bigger your miracle will be. I thank God that when Lazarus was sick, Jesus didn't show up. I thank God that Jesus showed up when he did show up. Because there was a bigger miracle. There was the raising of a dead, not the healing of a sick. So Abraham did not question God. He went and did what God told him to do. And right at the breaking point. Amen? Right at the breaking point. Right where he was supposed to do that. God brought in a miracle. Amen? I said there is a miracle right at the breaking point of your life. Don't give up. Don't give in. There is a miracle right at the breaking point of your life. One time I was preaching, I says, I says, the devil will not be my nightmare. I will be his nightmare. Because the devil wants to be our nightmare. The devil wants to get into our life and confuse our life and cause us to give up to throw in the towel. Did you know that pastors throw in the towel at their church and say, I can't handle it anymore? Find another pastor? Did you know churches close down and the world take the building for a boutique or a restaurant or, or a building quarters? Come on, we need to get out of that. This is no time to close churches. This is time to open more churches. This is not time to resign from your pastoring. This is time to press towards the highest calling and go until you can't go anymore. The world put people on retirement. God doesn't put you on retirement. You are there to stay. Amen? But God will intervene right at the breaking point of your life. In another instance, God told Abraham, he says, Abraham, I want you to pack up your stuff. I want you to move to a land that I will show you. I am sure that Abraham did not have the slightest clue of where he was going and what it would be like when he get over here, over there. But Abraham did not question God. Abraham began to pack up. When I think about it, I said to myself, I said, Abraham, a man of God, praising God, worshiping God, meditating on God. I said one of the time when he was meditating, when he was concentrating, when God was speaking to him, God says, Abraham, I want you to pack up. I want you to move. Don't feel too comfortable where you are. Amen? Amen. Because if God says to move, you better move. God doesn't want us to be comfortable. God did not call us to be happy. He called us to be holy. We want to be happy. Amen? We want some comfortable situation. Comfortable environment. We want to be where people love us. Well, let me tell you something. 
some people will get under your skin. Amen? Your neighbor will get under your skin. Your brother, your sister, your family will get under your skin. Your church, brothers and sisters will get under your skin. But let me tell you, don't give up. Don't give in. Amen? I love that Abraham did not have a clue. God did not tell him, move from Belize and come to Chicago. He said, go to a place I will show you. And let me tell you, where Abraham was, if you study his life, he was okay. He had everything made, man. He had hundreds and thousands of cattle and, and all the wealth and servants and the whole stock. And he had to do what God told him to do. He obeyed God. And he packed up. And he moved. And God took him to a place where he wanted him to be. When we don't question God, everything is going to be okay. Amen? I believe that Abraham's wife questioned that. I believe his children questioned that. I believe his servant questioned that. But let me tell you something. If God say you need to do it, you better do it. You don't question God. You go and do what God asks you to do. He says, pack your stuff and go. Then pack your stuff and go. Amen? I want to mention a little about Noah. The scripture tells us that Noah built an ark. Let me use the term boat. Noah built a boat. Amen? We know about boat, right? <laughs> but Noah built a boat because he was willing to obey God. Amen? When you are willing to obey God, you will do things when you don't even understand why you need to do it. And I'm sure that Noah did not understand why he needed to build a boat. And I'll give you three reasons why I believe that Noah did not understand why he was going to build a boat. One of the reasons why I believe Noah did not understand what God was doing. One of the reasons why he could have questioned God and he did not. You know, so many times we want to question God. We bring our flimsy excuse and we say, God, well, I can't do this because of X, Y, Z. And all our excuses are flimsy. Come on. Pastor ask you why you didn't do that. You find an excuse. Everybody can find an excuse. And our excuses are only flimsy. You know when it comes to God. I say God I'm guilty as charged. I did not read my Bible today. I'm guilty as charged. I did not pray the way I used to pray. I'm guilty as charged. God have mercy upon me. I did not witness the way I used. I am supposed to witness God. I'm guilty as charged. I did not come out Sunday morning and I could have come out. I'm guilty as charged, God. Forgive me. I did not make it Tuesday night and I could have made it. God, forgive me. We are guilty as charged. Why we waste time to bring excuses? I like to tell the folks at home, I say, you give God your excuse and see if he will accept it. Don't worry about me. You, you try to give God your excuse. See if he will accept it. 
Don't you think God knows what we can do, what we are capable of? And here we are coming and tricking our pastor, tricking our brother, tricking our sister and said, I can't do it. And God knows exactly what you can do. There was this guy who went to his pastor. He said, Pastor, I'm out of a job for a long time. I want you to pray with me for a job. Pastor said, sure, I will pray with you for a job. I will believe God to give you a job. And they prayed, and in a week time, he got a job. And, you know, this guy was a faithful guy. He used to come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And God gave him a job. And then after that, what happened? He, he, he can't come out the way he used to come out. Sometimes he come to Sunday morning service. Sometimes he come to Sunday night. Sometimes he come to Wednesday night. And one day the pastor said, what happened, my brother? You used to be a faithful guy. I used to see you every time the church door open. But now what happened? He said, well, you see that job that God gave me? <laughs> he said, it's taking up a lot of my time. He said, when I get home in the evening, I'm so tired. So the pastor said, well, hear what? Let us pray and ask God to remove that job from you. <laughs> because that job is affecting you. Amen? Amen? Don't let anything affect you and Jesus. Amen? What you have you and Jesus going, don't let anything interfere with it. Come on, God knows what you are capable of. You can trick me. Go and try and trick God. God knows what you are capable of doing. But we come and we bring some brilliant excuses, you know. Pastor, I really couldn't make it. I wanted to come, you know. But I really couldn't make it. <laughs> Give God that. And let's, let, let's see what God will say about that. Because he knows if you could have made it. Amen? Amen. But one of the reasons I believe that Noah could have questioned God is that in Noah's days, Nobody had seen rain before. And God said, I am going to send a rain. Amen? It doesn't make sense. For us, a lot of things doesn't make sense. But if God says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. And God says, I am going to send rain. And Noah sat down and he thought, he said, man, this, this must be a miracle. Because we never see rain yet. But rain did come. Amen. And the boat did float. Amen. And the boat did miraculously save people. And all the animals. Another reason I believe Moses could have, um, Noah could have sat and reasoned. He could have said, well, you see God. Where I live, it's hundreds of miles away from the ocean. There is no way I could get this boat there. Because I have all the dimensions you, you gave me, no? I, I, I know the size of boat you're talking about. I'm a boat builder. I know the size of boat you're talking about. There is no way I could get this boat to any water nearby because I'm hundreds of miles away from any water. So that could be an impossible thing too, also, God. But you see, what is difficult for us is easy for God. God is specialized in doing the impossible. Do we understand what kind of God we are serving? Then why is it when some circumstance stands before us, 
We say, God, I can't do it. I can't make it. I can't go through it. You see, when Jesus asks you or instructs you to love your enemy, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, he's not asking you to do it by your own strength. He is going to be with you doing that. And God was going to be with Noah doing what he told Noah he was going to do. So let's not look on circumstances that surrounds what God is saying to us. Let us look at the fact that God said it. I'm going to do it. Obedience. Total surrender. Amen. Amen. Boss, you want to build a boat? We are build a boat. Lord, what you want? A boat? Okay. We'll build a boat. And another thing is that Noah could have said to God, he said, you know, God, I hear you mention about having it and two of every species in the, on the, on the world in, in this boat. I think I hear you mention that. See, two elephants, two tiger, two lion, two snail, two whatever. God, that's not an easy task, you know. But you see, trust God, amen? Whatever your circumstances, trust God. Because when it was time for these animals to get in the boat, Noah did not have to put them in. God put them in line. Coming to the boat, to the ark. Amen? You see, God, God doesn't work like how we work. And we need not underestimate the power of God. Sometimes when we doubt him, we are underestimating his power. I don't underestimate the power of God. I know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I have no problem if we bring a casket in this church. And God, is, God, God spoke to one of us to raise the dead. I don't have no problem with that. Because that's the kind of God we serve. I don't have no problem if Sister Rita called back this afternoon and said, you know, while I was walking home, all did this slip in place. Yes. That's the kind of God we're serving. Yes. I have no problem with that. I know my God. He's able, amen? Yes. So we need to believe God, amen? We need to take him at his word. Don't question him. The devil have a whole heap of reasons and things to give us. To cause us to want to question God. But let me tell you something. Keep your eyes on God. Be confident. That this same God. Who has started a work in your life. Is able to continue it. Amen. He has brought us too far to turn back. Amen. It's 31 years for me. He's brought me too far to turn back. Don't turn back from where you are. Truly surrendering to God is when you rely on God to work things out instead of taking control of your situation. How many of us are taking control of our situation? How many of us want to solve our problem by ourselves? I say relax. I say take your hands off your problem. When you bring your burdens to the altar, leave it there. Because we're serving a God who is able to deliver us. Instead of trying harder, 
We need to trust more. Too many of us are trying hard. You know, I hear people say, I'm trying hard. This is difficult. I'm trying. I don't know what to do next. I'm trying. Pastor, I'm trying. Believe me, I'm trying. Well, stop trying. And let God do something. Jesus is a perfect example of total surrender. Turn with me to Luke 22. Luke chapter 22, and I'll read from verse 41 to 43. It says, And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. He says, And kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, and I'm sure Jesus wasn't praying any silent prayer. Amen? Amen. <laughs> silent request, eh? Unspoken request. Silent prayer. Your mouth moving. You don't know what you're saying. If I don't know what you're saying, I can't agree with you. Amen? So, and he was only a stone throw away. And he said, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Amen? And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven and strengthened him. This is very important. You see, when you say to God, God, not my will, but your will be done, God is going to give you whatever you need to make it happen. God is going to immediately strengthen you for the journey. Strengthen you for the task. Anoint you for the task. Give you whatever power you need for the task. He will intervene immediately when you say, Lord, God, not my will, but your will be done. God, I would want to do this, I would want to do that. Nevertheless, let your will be done. You don't want me to do it fine. You know, Paul said, Lord, I would want to go to such a city. <laughs> God said, no, 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 not right now. Another time, Paul said, God, I would not want to go to the city. God said, oh, that is the city. Amen? That is the city, the one that you do not want to go. I want you to go there. What you do not want to do, God wants you to do it. And what are you going to do about it? Obey God. Humble yourself. Fall frustrated before God and say, God, let your will be done. Amen. I don't understand the end result. I, don't, I can't figure out how it will happen. But you said it will happen. It is up to you. I give it all to you, God. Jesus says, Lord, God, I would prefer that you take this cup away from me, God. But nevertheless, no worry about my will I know, God. Let your will be done. We need to constantly be saying this, God, not so much my will, 
I would want to get out of this situation, God, but not so much my will. Let your will be done. Genuine surrender is saying to God, Father, if this problem, if this pain, if this sickness, if this circumstance is needed to fulfill your purpose and your glory in my life or in another person's life, please don't take it away. Every time you go through a circumstance, every time you go through a situation in life and God delivers you, it is for you to help somebody that will fall in that same situation down the road. God is preparing us. I went through some trials and some testings in life. And you, know, you know what was the result? Miracle. And if I meet anybody going through these similar circumstances, problems, I will be able to help them and to tell them, I know that, I know that, I know that, I know that God will do it. I'm not talking from head knowledge. I'm talking from experience. I know that he is able to deliver you because he has delivered me. And I thank God for big problems because you see big miracles. Amen? Songwriters say, if you never have a problem, you wouldn't know that God could solve them. But those of us who have gone through the mill, those of us who were tested and tried, and come out as goal. We can testify that we know that we know that we know that God is able. It's a powerful thing to talk from experience, Pastor. You've been there. You know what it is. You know what it is to be at that point where you want to throw in the towel. At one time in my early Christian life, I see how people commit their, themselves to the Lord. And I say, man, you know, I, I'm going to stop. Nobody wants to come out, I'm going to stop. Nobody wants to come to prayer meeting, I'll stop. But you know what? God says continue. Continue. You see, God did not say, if 40 or more gather together in my name, I will be there. He said, if two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there. And I don't know if you, don't, if you understand what you're missing out when you don't come here Tuesday night. We are more than two or three. <laughs> Praise God. But I don't know if you know what you are missing out. You have some personal things to talk to God about. And you need to be here. You need to get down and talk to God. Hear from God. So, genuine surrender is saying, God... Don't move this problem from me. If it is to bring honor and glory to you and to lift up somebody else, don't move it from my life. Teach me what you want to teach me. You know what? When God moves your problem from your life too quick, you don't learn the lesson. You need to learn something from everything that happened in your life. And if God moves it away too quick, you won't get the lesson. Let it linger a little. Digest it. Think about it. Meditate upon it. God, what you are saying to me through this. Every problem that you see in a church or in your personal life, God is saying something to us, but we are not listening and hearing and learning the lesson that God is giving us. We are in a mill. We are in a process. We are on the mill. God is shaping us. 
And it is said that when, 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 when the potter is shaping this clay and it doesn't come into what he wants, he said it, the potter scrapped that work and started it all over again. God is going to stop our work and start it all over again. Amen? Because we are not coming out to what he wants us to be. Let him do it. Amen? Start me all over again, God. Relight the fire within me, God. God, set me on fire. I want to be a flame. I'm going back to Belize, but I'm not going back the same person. I'm going fired up. Thank God for this, this church, Pastor. You fed me. I was being fed. I was shown love. I had time to praise God with everything I had. And I'm going back a different person. And the fire is going to spread. Amen? Because that's what it's all about. When God fire you, you go fire somebody else. So you pray for me and keep me in prayers. Because the Lord has laid upon me a few burdens. When I get back home, it will be different. This level of maturity is not easy to find. The level of maturity where you say, God... Don't remove the problem if it, if it will glorify you, if it will edify me, if it will build me, God. If this is going to make me a better person, God, bring some more. I want to be a better person. I want more fire in my life. Sometimes when I think about it, I tell my wife, I said, you know what? God should push some fire under some Christians to wake them up, to get them on fire. They are not going, going through anything, so they relax and they sit back and they say, Oh, praise God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. But when God pushes some fire under you, you got to change. I tell you, it is then when the fire is set under you that you will know what material you are made of. When you pass through the fire, it will come out as gold. Everything else will, will, will diminish, but you will come out as gold. Surrendering is the thing that works. Everything else leads to frustration, disappointment, and self-destruction. I'm not ready for that. I don't want that. I do not want frustration. I do not want disappointment. I do not want self-destruction. And that is all you will find in the world. So run to the safety. Run to the rock. He that abide in the secret place of the Most High, he that dwell in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There is where I want to be. There is where we should be abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, covered by His blood, covered by His everlasting arm, shield from every fiery darts that is out there. You know what Paul says about surrendering? He said, present your body a living sacrifice. He said, that is your reasonable service. 
to present your body as a living sacrifice unto God, holy and acceptable, is your reasonable service. It is not nothing that God is asking you to do that you cannot do. It is just reasonable. It is better for you. You will walk through this Christian life without any fear, with boldness. You'll have no fear of what the devil will do to you. Because he can't do anything to you if you don't get permission from God. Jesus is our fortress. A fortress is built around us. He is your everlasting arm. He will always be there for you. So in closing, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to give it all to God. Everything. Don't hold back nothing. Give it all to God. Give your past regrets to God. Many of us are living in past regrets. Give God your past regrets. While you cannot do anything about your past, you can definitely do something about the present and the future. The devil would want you to dwell on the past. The past is history. We're living today. Amen? Amen? It's about today and forever. The past is the past. You learn from the past and you move on and don't walk the same road again. So give it all to God. Give God your past regrets. Give him your present problem. We sit here, we all look beautiful, nice congregation, but we have problems. Amen? I have problem. You have problem. Everybody have problem. Give God your present problem. Give him the problem that you are going through right now. He wants it. He wants to deal with it for you. I think sometimes God look at us trying to, trying to solve our problem and he's smiling. He said, what happened to him? Why don't he give it to me? Why is, he, why is he wasting time? He can't do anything about it. It's all about God. So give him your present problem. And give him your future ambition. Amen. We all have ambition. Amen? Amen. Give him your future ambition. God, I give you my future ambition. I want to be on fire for you, God. That's my ambition. I want my fire to ignite other fires around me. I want to be used to relight the fire in some of my brothers and sisters' life that is living defeated right now. Right now, there is a lot of Christians living defeated Christian lives. And we need to get some fire in us so that we can fire them up. It's time to get on fire for God. Amen? So give him your future ambition. He wants to deal with your fears. He wants to deal with your dreams. He wants to deal with your weaknesses. He wants to deal with your habits. He wants to deal with your hearts. He wants to deal with your hang-ups. And we all have that. We are full of that. Amen? And God wants to deal with everything. I want to stand. I want for us to stand right now.